Makes me feel, it makes me feel slightly unclean. That was a bit creepy. I like it. I think we, that should be our theme song. That's the difference between you and I, Richard. <laughs> right there in a musical nutshell. There are other differences as well. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Cars Guide podcast, where we tear down, pressure test and rebuild the issues of the automotive week. I'm James and with me are Richard. Hello. And J3. Hello. On loan from Oversteer, where our younger <laughs> colleagues look at the wilder side. Of the motoring world. It's much more serious over here. This week, we'll uh, look at the Lamborghini Urus. It's mad. Looks kind of amazing. We'll discuss that one. Um, Our own Mal Flynn has seen the latest Mazda 6 in LA and believes that it's pushing Mazda into a more premium space. So we'll have a talk about that. But first, Volkswagen, bigwig, gets seven years in the big house. Uh, the, The Dieselgate... Scandal is starting to really hit home with a senior executive, a German man working in the US, sentenced to seven years jail. Richard, what do you make of it? It's a it's a big, big, big situation of a big wig going to the big house. Uh, yeah, the gentleman's name is Oliver Schmidt. Uh, he was a high-ranking executive uh, with Volkswagen, and the the judge who presided over the case uh, declared him a significant player in um, the whole Dieselgate affair. Now, he's gone down for seven years yep. uh, in a U.S. prison in, in, a, in a town called Milan in Michigan. Um, Milan, he's already Michigan. served 11 <laughs> months already, so the yep. 11 months will count in his, as, as credit. All right. So he's um, nearly one down. Six to go. <laughs> Six to go. Wow. But what I want to know is, like, is this a real jail? Does right. he go to jail with proper crims or is he... Does he get design, to design his own jail like Pablo Escobar <laughs> yeah. or something like that? Do they all wear suits? Is it like a pinstripe suit? Right. The jail? formal jail. Yeah. I yeah. think he'll be right in there with uh, the, the grubbiest of the grubby criminals. I, yeah. I, I think this has been taken very seriously, quite yeah. obviously. Yeah. That um, environmental concerns and just that kind of blatant corporate fraud mm. um, that's now been called out and this person's been sentenced mm. uh, is a big deal. Absolutely. Look, he's, there's eight There's eight people who are uh, allegedly involved in the, um, the situation mm. and, um, and he's just one of them that's gone down. I think there, there possibly could be more that could join him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. there's... J3, fair or outrageous? Where I'd do say you fair. Stand? I mean... You would? He's, this is probably the first time something like this has happened in a long time. So they're probably using him as an example to set to all the others. Yes. Because there's, there's been talk of other manufacturers doing some similar things. Yes. Um, so I think they're going to go pretty harsh on this guy just to try to scare everybody else yeah. out of it, really. I mean, it's a tricky situation. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and point fingers and, and all of that. But we're all human. Mm. Um, and in those situations, I suspect people were forced to do things that um, they they found difficult to, to deny, you know, in terms of if I don't do this, I'm probably out on my backside yeah, and, and, and I'll be fired. And the whole commercial imperative starts to take effect. Yeah, no one will probably hire you afterwards if your boss is just like, no, you're out. Well, that's it. He's even, you know, even, even the apology is probably not enough to, to get yeah. him off the hook. He says, and this is just a quote, I'm deeply sorry for the wrongs I've committed and I'm as ready as I'll ever be to accept my punishment now. Like it's... Right. He hasn't as gone in, out. I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to go there. I don't think I did anything wrong. Yeah. No, I think, I yeah. think he's repentant. Yeah. I, I, yeah and, and I think he did uh, cooperate. 
mm. uh, as it were, which lessened. He had he had a massive kind of lifelong sentence thing hanging over his head uh, to the point where he he kind of spilled the beans and and cooperated uh, enthusiastically um, to to lessen his own penalty. Yeah. All right. Well, mm. we'll. We will watch that legal space because it's going to be very interesting. As you say, Richard, it looks like others are headed for a similar kind of fate. What car company could you go to? What car company do you think would accept you um, if you've know. got a record like that? I don't know. It's, as I say, um, he's probably looking at another industry. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think, I yeah. don't, I don't think yep. his reputation, he's in a way, he's a scapegoat. To your point, J3, he's been made an example of. Mm. Um, which will really sully his reputation to the point where I think he'd find it difficult to work, particularly at the senior level that he sits at, um, yeah. anywhere else in the car business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll, s- we'll see who joins him for the, you know, the three centimetre wide vertical suntan stripes <laughs> as he kind of <laughs> contemplates the world outside for the next it's, half decade or I so. Just, I, I'm st- I just can't fathom, like, how someone who's probably led a, a, a very, very sort of protected, possibly, you know, yeah. Uh, easy lifestyle yeah. um, is going to handle a place like that, or maybe uh, he will. In like, jail, maybe, look, I think he'll be the librarian, or ma- maybe he'll kind of look after the metal shop where they yeah. where they make the yeah, license yeah, yeah. plates or something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got the skills. Yeah. Would, you, would you trust him though? When what he's, state was the prison in again? I don't know. Michigan. 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 No, 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 he's not going to. Isn't that... And like, that's a bad one. Isn't that interesting as well? Like, you know, it's... <laughs> Jester, he's been there. He's <laughs> been that, in prison. His time, a, his time in prison in the US was not pretty. We'll that, get to that in a minute. That's a bad prison, is it, J3? Yeah. In your... Like, you're, like you've got like a TripAdvisor sort of... Yeah, uh, I've got a full five-star rating and everything for each of the prisons that I he, go to. Yeah, he wrote... Yeah, that's right. Accommodation. Best prison? Yeah, uh, good old California. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah right. What, what 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 stood out about that prison? What what'd you do to get in there? Bit of oh, grand theft order. I don't know. We're going down a dark, <laughs> dark, dark, dark times. Okay, okay let's. I'm getting, I'm getting old. Let's leave it there. The Stop past. it right there. <laughs> um, we'll leave that to HR after the podcast. Um, but let's move on to Lamborghini. Uh, the the tidal wave of SUVs that are seemingly engulfing the world has uh, snapped up Lamborghini now and they've made the Urus, which is absolutely mad, but I think kind of looks amazing. I've, yeah. I, I've only seen the photographs, I think, as most people have, and they've somehow managed to put a Lamborghini spin onto an SUV. I think it looks amazing. What do you mm. make of it, Jason? I think it looks great. There's nothing subtle about it. It's all just grills, huge vents, everything a Lamborghini should be. Um, I reckon it's still going to look amazing in 10 years' time, generally, too. When you see a new car, you always think, oh, it looks good now, but what about in the future when everything else comes out? Yep. I think this is going to be amazing, really. So what kind of family gets in the Urus? It's, I don't think it's, it's going to be a family. I think it's probably the Griswolds when they're visiting <laughs> Italy on their vacation. Yeah, They bought their Italian fashion and then they've got, they've got their I Urus. I love that scene. I love that scene. <laughs> yeah. Where he's wearing that I think, leather I think we hat can treat ourselves <laughs> to some Italian fashions. Am I the only person that, that, that can't not see a Volkswagen Sirocco here? Wow! I'm looking at it, really? thinking it looks like a Volkswagen Sirocco, from the front like, a, of the back. like an all-wheel yeah, drive Sirocco. Okay, I can see that now like that now that you say that, I suppose SUV so. version, but a very angry, wide mouth kind of mm. wild mm. Uh, Sirocco. Mm. I, I think, for what it's worth, as an amateur uh, kind of critic on car design, I think it looks amazing. I think they've done an incredible job of putting this Lamborghini stamp onto um, an SUV, and it's powered 
J3 by a twin turbo V8, four litre capacity, which the people at Lambo are claiming is all their own work. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, because uh, Lambo is underneath the Volkswagen's arm now, same sure. as Porsche sure. and Audi. Yeah. First of all, I thought it was uh, going to be powered by something out of the SQ7, maybe upgraded. Right. But that's diesel, so sure. I reckon it's mm. just the Porsche Cayenne's four litre V8 with uh, different heads or something, and they've yeah. just gone. It's a brand new engine. It's completely different. Yeah. No dis- end of discussion. I think it's probably got some different riding on the top of it. Yeah, like uh, the the firing order, like in Lambo's V12s. <laughs> right. I reckon they've just got some wide out. That's right. They haven't changed engine. the firing order. Yeah. They've just painted it on yeah, the Yeah, they've just painted it on. Yeah. And aren't Lamborghini also claiming that this is the fastest SUV on the planet as well? Um, Which, again, is a dubious claim because, because you've got the Tesla Model X. X. Okay, so, yeah, Tesla Model X... What three point one, one seconds to a hundred, and these guys are claiming three point six. So there's half a second. There's half a second. So uh, it's not as if you can just put the Tesla Model X into another box that says different and doesn't count. Yeah, it's yeah. it is an SUV. That's right, and it's available for sale. That's right, and it's faster. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't buy their claim that it's yeah. the fastest SUV in the world. Maybe combustion engine. Yeah, yeah, maybe we're going to have to have segregation for yeah. power plants. Which gets us into the whole Nürburgring record-breaking yeah. yeah. kind of conversation again, that mm. we'll have every category under the sun. Mm. Uh, but, look, I, I reckon it'll be fun once it arrives in Australia. I'm not, I'm not sure when it's due to come here. It'll be a, a niche model, uh, most assuredly, but it'll be great to see one um, mm. in the middle and check it out a little more thoroughly. Um, I wonder how loud it's going to be, though, because within a Lamborghinis, you hear yes, them coming before yes, you see them. You do. It's always just this quick flash of yellow, and you're right. like, oh, I'm going to guess that's a Lambo. Um, do you think this is going to, like... I would be I would be shocked if it were otherwise. Yeah. It, it will be as brash and as loud as any other product that they put into the market. I dare say they'll be very, very carefully tuning um, the exhaust mm. uh, and looking to all of that. But... Um, Look, it's time to to take a bit of a break. Uh, As we know, 2017 is a landmark year for our valued sponsor, the Winton Motor Company. Ah, Winton. It was way back in 1917 that Ernie Coote and Horry Boyle established a fledgling car company in rural Victoria that quickly grew to become an Aussie icon, one that continues to shape the local motoring landscape. Frosty Chops, a close friend of the program, and head of PR at Winton Moco has come through with another classic ad to remind us just how influential this automotive giant has been over time. This one will take you back to the glittering disco days of the 1970s. New for 72, the Winton Wildcat, a machine to spark excitement and light your fire. The Wildcat was born to be a new breed of road animal. It's sleek, sporty, and powerful. You'll fall in love with its dream car styling and 338 cubic inch V7 with twin three-barrel carbs and Winton's unique two-on-the-floor torque tumbler transmission. Sure-footed handling thanks to a sport suspension and fiberglass belted polysteel tires. And on the inside, it's all comfort and good looks for up to eight of your closest friends. See the full 1972 Wildcat range at your nearest Winton dealer. Winton, the shape of your future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the Wildcat. The Winton Wildcat. What mm. a machine. We've the, all seen and, you know, lusted after one of those. The 70s really was Winton's time. It was a golden it? period. It was. it was. For the brand. I yeah. mean, they're, they're enjoying a really healthy 
kind of run. Yeah. Um, yeah. Through this kind of decade, but the seventies, yeah. yeah, was, a, had was a pretty golden time. Um, but yeah, the seventies was when I, 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 yeah, looking back at pictures of like sort of muscle car Wintons I mean, that used to adorn my wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that was like, that was like because you know Holden had the you know it's Tirana GTR XU1s and yeah, and it was the massively overrated XW you know yeah. XY GTA Toe Falcons and. You know, Winton had its own, you know, yeah. Look, GTYO. The, yeah. the, the, the LJ Tirana XU1 was the car you acquired when you were on your way. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the Winton Wildcat was yeah. the car you had when you'd always been there. That's it. Yeah. That's, That's it. That's just the difference. That's it. Winton stands apart. So good on you, Frosty. Fantastic. Thank you. That, Thank was, you, that was wonderful. He's having, um, heard he's just got out of hospital as well. Really? Yeah. No, just ducked in for a bit of minor surgery. But you know what Frosty's like? Oh, he's always downplays stuff. Oh, look. And he's always, always pushing the limits. <laughs> you know. this is, that's how he got there in the yeah, first place. Yeah, I know. I know. He's quite, a, he's quite an individual. He's, we should have him on We should have him on the podcast. Oh, he wouldn't, he'd he say wouldn't. no, but we yeah. give it a go. We'll, we'll give, give it a go. go. We'll see if we can get okay. Frosty up cool. uh, to join us on the podcast. Now, Winton always shoots for five-star safety. And so far, you know, they've been, they've been successful. ANCAP is the authority in Australia that uh, independently evaluates and tests vehicles for their safety performance. And five stars is the maximum top shelf rating. And there are a whole bunch of criteria around how different occupants within the car and sometimes without, outside the car, the pedestrians, etc., are impacted by, um, you know, a, a theoretical crash. And, uh, those parameters uh, that de- determine five stars change over time. There are new ones added pretty much every year. Yet, there are cars on the ANCAP database, as it were, that were rated five stars as much as five or six years ago. And in that time, new technology has emerged, new standards have been put in place by ANCAP. And we were talking about it in the office the other day. And it feels like there should be a use-by date. On ANCAP stars, what do we think? Richard, where do you stand Look, on that idea? Absolutely. This, I mean, five stars is not five stars. Five stars from 2014 uh, possibly is in a five-star uh, ANCAP-rated car today. Um, one of the things that ANCAP has done recently has uh, they've included a tested and with uh, a tested stamp, which tells you when it was tested and the date so that you've got something, you've got a relative point to actually compare it with yes um but i I, look i really think that these these star ratings should go um out of date um just like milk just like bread looks like everything else it's not Mm. good forever like what was good a couple of years ago isn't now a a reasonable way to go we were talking about it j3 might be Mm. that um you know if a car is still in market say it's launched in 2017 and two years hence in 2019 it's still there largely uh, the same kind of car yet yeah the judge or the the criteria for ancap has moved on that car should be res- retrospectively assessed according to the criteria that exists in 2019 and see if it still stacks up as five stars or whether there are some shortcomings yeah i see where you're coming from but i understand i think i have a better alternative maybe of course you do <laughs> <laughs> Because five stars, that pretty much caps off at five stars. I was thinking uh, earlier on today if we just used a points system. Oh, yeah. Because naturally, if we still used a five-star and cap, there would still be a point in time where it needs to be overhauled yet again because we've reached that limit. Yeah. 
we need to extend it further and then be harsh on you. Yeah, the- I, I suppose the only thing that you would say to that is that five-star safety now has a certain currency in the marketplace. Yeah. And people that are out shopping for cars actively look for five stars. Yeah. So and there's like, that. Yeah, like you guys said, a five-star car from today might not be... Um, sorry, five-star car from back in the day, say yep. a Saab 9.3 from 2003. I think that's... I'm on their, web, I'm on oh, their yeah. website. I'm so trying to find the first five-star yeah, yeah. ANCAP. Yep. Won't be as safe as a... I think it's the Hyundai Genesis, the first one, which is... They're both five stars, but the Genesis was the safest car that they tested. Yeah, right. So I was thinking, um, seeing as... Uh, we could just use points, not yep. like out of ten or out of a hundred. Just a, just a huge the, 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 number. The thing it's worth noting that the thing that underpins the five star rating is actually a point system. Yeah. So maybe there's a way of making that a uh, slightly more high profile aspect of the five star rating. And it's important to note that ANCAP testing is not just about slamming cars into an offset barrier. It is also assessing the safety technology that's on board and the kind of hardware and software that's built into the systems in the car. So a lot of it could quite be a, a quite straightforward process to mm. retrospectively assess cars. But, um, yeah, the point system, what do you make of that, Richard? Yeah, look, just just to, to let um, everybody else know, and um, it's and it is, it's, it's a, it seems like a, it's a bit of, you know, magic which goes on. It's, it's not. They do break it down to criterion. Uh, there's It's a point system. Uh, I think the score is out of... Uh, 40, I think 38 is an excellent score or something like that. Um, and this year, next year, AEB will be a prerequisite to getting five stars. Uh, so you'll see a lot of cars that are coming through today which will skim under that prerequisite of next year. Mm. A car which doesn't have AEB mm. on their base model or their mm. base, base gradient, base grade. Uh, would not be considered to be a, a five-star car in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So, which is a super important point, yeah. isn't it? And sort of more to our case mm. for a shelf life for five stars. That's it. So if you're, you're buying a car, in fact, I can... I can the, the current Honda CR-V, mm. it doesn't have... The, the, the base grade does not have AEV. Uh, now, next year... Honda have said that it probably will, mm. uh, but and it probably will, mm. right? Not because you know it's we're evolving, but because next year it'll be required to get a five star ANCAP yeah. rating. Mm. Uh, because so. uh, this kind of conversation was behind the um, making mandating ESP or you know yep. ele- electronic mm. stability program mm. to be on all cars. Yeah, on I sale think it in was Australia. like some sort of proton skipped under and they ended up yeah. taking it off the market or something yeah. anyway and AEB mm. is a similar proposition yeah. in that it's such a fantastic piece of technology mm. how could you ever say no mm. and you you want to promote it as something that should be mandatory mm. but mm. until then mm. um, you'd like to know that a five-star car has it included so yep. heading into the the following year there's a five-star car and you're kind of thinking right that'll have AEB but it might not so I think um, well, how, how about we make it some homework that before the next podcast, we uh, we get in touch with ANCAP, um, sound them out about this whole conversation and, and hear what they have to say about it. I, it. It'd be a fair bet that they've thought about this kind of thing and we'll get their feedback on it. Mm. Just so you know, I'm just having a, having a, doing a bit, of, a bit of homework right now. Um, so the criteria that they've got, uh, adult occupant uh, protection, that's out of 38. Um, then you've got child occupant protection, uh, which is out of 49, um, and so on and so on and so on. 
down the, down the line. And so a total figure is worked out at the end and then that's converted into a five-star rating or a four-star rating, whatever it happens to be. Yep. Uh, and each car which is, which is tested by Euro NCAP or, or, or Australian NCAP yep. um, is on their website and you can read the full report on that vehicle. But that, I mean, to, to J3's point, that means you have a five-star car mm. that can be a high five mm. or a low five, if yes. you know what I mean. So yep. it's it's just got over the threshold as a five-star, and that's not made public. That's right. Um, in advertise in an advertising sense, yeah. it certainly is by ANCAP. That's all there and on their website for anybody to access. Um, so maybe the points thing uh, has even more legs. Yeah, there's like it's as James just said, it's easy to market. Like oh. Our car is a five-star car, NCAP car. It is completely safe when it may have just gone over the thing and another five-star NCAP thing may be completely structurally integral and have all the safety stuff on it. Yep. So, yep. Anyway, it's a bit of a complicated... It is. All right, we'll, look, we'll follow it up. We'll, we'll make that commitment to follow up and see what comes of it. But right now, time for another quick break. And it's a word from the lateral thinkers at Oversteer. J3, you'll love this. Yep, let's go. What happens when you put three hooligans together in one room? You get a podcast full of hectic banter. Hummer <laughs> is for any rugged man. This manly scent possesses oh, well, a blend. That, that, that rules me right out. <laughs> Jeez. Stupid stories. It's, it's a cruise ship with all the insides scooped out, water fills it up, and then you put a pirate ship in the middle. Nothing more gangster than a ship in a ship. You're an idiot. And some discussion about cars. So we've got the K cars as well. What do you guys think? There's this new Honda Sports concept there. I think it looks so cool. It it does look a bit funky, mate. The Oversteer Podcast on the Cars Guide website, iTunes, and where all good podcasts are sold. Great. Yeah, look, make sure and tune in to our colleagues at Oversteer. They've always got something interesting to say. Um, And we'll move on. To that Bond villain in the making, <laughs> Elon Musk. Uh, he's tweeted that he's sending a Tesla Roadster to Mars in a rocket in 2020. I mean, of course he is. Richard, fill us in. Okay. So, look, I'm, I'm always on Elon, Elon Watch. Uh, it's just I don't get paid for it. I, it's just one of those things I like to do. I, I follow him on Twitter and, and he uses Twitter. He's prodigious. He's, he's all over it. Uh, now, he has... Was it was a couple of days after the announcement about the Tesla Roadster 2.0, uh, and Elon uh, sent out an interesting tweet where he said, "Now I've just got to break this right out right because I'm looking at it." Okay, so he's two tweets. He talks about a Falcon Heavy uh, rocket, which he's going to be launching from Cape Canaveral. Um, then he goes on to say, "Payload will be my midnight cherry Tesla Roadster playing space oddity." Destination is Mars orbit. We'll be in deep space for a billion years or so if it doesn't blow up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and what kind of Falcon was it? The rocket? You said it wouldn't have been an AU. It was a Falcon Heavy. Does that mean it was a one tonner? That's the class of rocket. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Or is it Saturn? There's a defunct car company for you. Well, he's really, he's really, he's a bit of a Fruit Loop, isn't he? I mean, he's got his Hyperloop, but he is a Fruit Loop. I, I don't know, I don't know, but I mean, I mean, they said that about you know other people as well, like yeah, Jesus, mad people. <laughs> anyway, I mean, he has his he has his devotees. To me, it's starting to feel like uh, he has he has been enabled 
mm. by a whole bunch of yes people that surrounded me. Yes, Elon, that's a brilliant idea. And he's, he's suffering from that um, Silicon Valley deity syndrome. I'm going to save mm. the world. I'm the only one that can do it. And he's just going a bit off the rails. What, what do you think, J3? Thank you for saying that. I mean, wasn't the point, sorry, this is, I won't try to turn this into a huge rant, but wasn't the point of Elon Musk was that he was going to change everything for the betterment of humanity? And now it's kind of just plateaued and then descended off yeah. into, yeah. I'm going to send my car into space. Um, first of all, the Falcon Heavy rocket, I'm fairly sure, costs something like $90 million to launch. It's not, it's not a paper plane. It's a big, heavy piece of engineering and machinery. So if he was going to... Why wouldn't he just donate all of that to charity or something? I like, don't know. Because that, that doesn't change anything. He's about change. He wants to shape the future in his kind of vision. You know, I'm a bit of an Elon believer. I, of course, of course I, I really think I really think he's that, go, look, that's not at all surprising. <laughs> he's, going, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. It's going to happen. Um, there's I've got it on good authority. Um, apparently, uh, there's somebody close to there's someone close to Elon who says that it, here it is. Um, Elon Musk fully intends to put a red sports car made by a company that he runs into enormous rocket made by another company that he plans to send to Mars. And it's definitely going to happen, says a person familiar with with the launch plan at SpaceX. Absolutely, which so proves real. my point categorically. The guy is a fruit. It's going to happen. So happen. whichever way it goes, mm. he's a nutbag. So no, I don't it, think so. It's going to so. be in the rocket. In the rocket. Is it going to be in like a glass cylinder where the car can look out into space and, and just can, heads off into or is space? It, or is it just going to no. be the car in can a look concrete, out into space? Like if, if <laughs> so, the car wants a view <laughs> of space. Like if we've got our own no, but, personal shuttles in like 500 years or 700 mm. oh, we can go and years, are we going to drive past and be like, Musk that's Elon Musk's Maybe. car from ages Maybe. ago? I don't know. We haven't, got, we haven't sort of thought about that yet. Well, I'm when just I say worried we, that the car might hasn't. not have the right view. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> right. look, look, we'll, how about mm. next week, another piece of homework, we'll, we'll keep the Musk watch do we, up. Do, we'll, do we'll, you want to have just, a bet? Do you want to have a bet to see if it happens? I bet you a, I bet I, you a beer. Look, I, I wouldn't do that to you, Richard. Are you sure? I wouldn't do it to you. Okay. But we'll check in on Elon next week and see what piece of lunacy he's... See what I did there? Lunacy. He's, uh, he's come up with. Uh-huh. But um, we'll, we'll now move to uh, our fearless leader, Mal, editor of Cars Guide, was in Los Angeles for ah. the motor show there. And one of the more interesting pieces, and he, he was prodigious in his output from there, he was... Um, in his element, but he looked at the latest and greatest, the new Mazda 6, which will be coming our way in the second half of next year. And from his point of view, from the styling to the dynamics to the drivetrain, it's all moving ahead, but not just in the conventional Mazda way, sort of upscale a little bit, trying to push Mazda into a more premium space. They'll say, oh, no, we're not trying to be Mercedes-Benz or a BMW, but we are trying to be the premium Japanese brand because they're pretty small fish in America. Honda owns that kind of territory. So they want to go there. What do we think? I can't tell the difference. Really? It looks like the, it looks like the last one. I'm having a Zoolander effect on me. I, right. I, I don't know whether it's Blue Steel or Magnum. They both look the same. But as in that's not saying it looks bad. No. You're just not seeing a huge progression looks, in terms it, of its styling. It looks good. 
looks really good. Yeah. Um, but I'm told the exterior's changed, the interior's changed. No, I can't I can't see Mel, it. Mel reported on a, mm. a greater sense of plushness inside. The engine is now a turbo, so mm. the whole Sky Active thing was about light weighting yep. and aero efficiency yep. and ringing the last um, piece of efficiency out of naturally aspirated engines, and now they've just gone, right, we're into a turbo. That's right. So yep. the, the turbo is big news. It's the, the four-cylinder uh, turbo out of the CX-9. Yep. Um, that's big news. And, yeah, looking look, looking at the interior, it does look pretty nice in there. It's always been a good-looking car, the Mazda 6. Yeah. And I think it's it's subtly, I think the changes are very subtle, but yep. it, it does look better. Okay. Mm. What do you make of it, J3? I don't think... I th- isn't this just standard evolution with cars? Well, you know, I, I don't know. It's a next-gen. They can't use the 2.5-litre naturally aspirated. Yep. They have the turbo may as well use it we're going to stiffen the chassis we're going to upgrade the interior isn't this just well, marketing the, the interesting thing like is an australian perspective bubble. on mazda is very different to a u.s one in that mazda has about 10 percent market share here in the u.s they're struggling to get to two percent they're a much much smaller player so the moves they'd be making would be pretty bold to try and get them up there in the u.s consciousness and and to succeed there you really have to make a step change rather than just incrementalism like evolving what you've got so that's what they're trying to do but it sounds like from our point of view we're seeing it as just an, in, an evolution of mm. what they've got rather than something that's super striking and and majorly different well either way at least they're not launching off like a luxury spin brand like Lexus oh, yeah, or yeah, good point. Or Unos. Like well that. that was in their plans i want to say mm. in the 1990s it was going to be oh the uh, Unis uh, or Unis. army and and, and, and well they did have Unis. they did have Unos. so um, but they're not going. They're not going there this time. So yeah, that's a very interesting point. Mm. Very interesting point. All right, well we'll watch that space and mm. we'll look forward to that car arriving in the second half of, of next year. Um, look, delicious. I think with that, what the Mazda J three. Listen, <laughs> this is not the Oversteer podcast. This is Cars Guide. You must be on your best behaviour here, or we will not ask you back. <laughs> Okay, with that, we've reached the finish line. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. And J3, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, too, to our studio producer, Barbara. He hates the future, but nobody can work the sliders and buttons quite as deftly as he can. And hats off to our longtime sponsor, the Winton Motor Company, Uh, proud maker of the Winton Turbo and 100 years young in 2017. We'll get on to Frosty, see if we can get him to, to join us. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show or anything else that's on your mind. Search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CGPodcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. Remember to subscribe and please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps spread the word on the podcast. I hope you can join us next week. Until then, they say life is more than great sex and a nice car. Well, yeah, but not a lot more. <laughs>